All right, Kyle. So we uh, we joke around a lot with uh, soccer and how I'm not the biggest fan. And you want to know why? Because a zero zero game game in hockey can be oh so exciting, especially when you win it in the end. And shootouts, yeah, we have that in common with with soccer too. But they're a little bit more meaningful in our game compared to that game. But I digress. The Avalanche with a one to nothing victory over the. New York Islanders in shootout fashion. A lot to get to in this one. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you right now. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, who is in a giddy mood. Well, we're both in a giddy mood because we're we're back. We're finally back and can record a show. Like, we were both sick at the same time. You were worse than me. Yeah. And we're still not 100%, but who's 100% at this stage in the season? We're all so, day to day. Exactly. Especially with the uh, injuries that the Avalanche have had on. We were, we just wanted to be part of the team. That's right. And that's the only way we could have been was just to get sick. Uh, but we're feeling a little bit better. And uh, so glad glad to be back and, and doing some more Lockdown Avalanche for everybody. Uh, the Avs, well, before we get to the game against the Islanders, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. You can follow us on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow us over on our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. All right, sir, for this game, game number four of five home games in a row for the Avs. Um, and they've won three out of those four. This one was in kind of fun fashion, a zero zero game. Through 60 minutes, the extra frame in overtime, couldn't get anything there. The only goal let in, even in the shootout, was an Evan Rodriguez goal, who played a fantastic game, by the way. Yeah. Um, but this was all about the goalies and mainly Ilya Sorokin on the New York Islanders. The, it was not for a lack of trying. The Avalanche threw absolutely everything at him. I think at one stage in the game on altitude, they had up, all the shots thrown towards him, and it was in the 90s. And there was still time to go. They might have surpassed 100, including the overtime. Uh, crazy game, a fun, exciting game that saw one goal in a shootout. Yeah, you are definitely seeing two hot goalies, and the way the Avs were picking up momentum, and there were times that they were getting shots, rebounds, collecting their own shots and rebounds, and just peppering and peppering and peppering. It was exciting. It wasn't mm. one of those zero zero games that you're just like, please, can this be over? Can we just get on to the next game? It was exciting. Mm. This was best on best. I enjoyed all 60 minutes of it. Yeah. When it, nothing came in overtime, I was like, of course, naturally, this is how it's going to go. And then you mentioned Erod's goal. It wasn't just a shootout goal. That little dangle was, it was nice. so nice. Uh, yeah, so. Pretty. It was the little icing on the cake, the little cherry on top, and we walk out of Ball Arena with a win, coupled with what we've been putting together, and then you look ahead, and you could possibly see a path where you could string things together and improve 
where you're sitting in the central, I don't know how you're not happy right now as an Avalanche fan. Well, I mean, that I think will just work itself out. You know, when, when you get guys back and and the way that, that they're playing, you have to be encouraged by how they're playing. Um, I, I think the standings will – there's no need to panic when it comes to that. Um, but as far as this game goes, yeah, I think the Avalanche just got progressively better as yep. the game went on. It was it was really the Islanders very early in the game that were kind of in, in control. It's not that the Avs were playing poorly. Um, I think it's just the Islanders just came ready to go. Um, that game, they, they played a game, their, their previous game was um, against Vegas that they won. Um, but I wanted to see, I didn't know if that was the day before. No, it wasn't. It was two days. Okay, I didn't know if they were coming off a of back-to-back or not. So they, they, had a, they had a day off in between. Regardless, um, the Islanders looked good early on, and then mm-hmm. the Avalanche just kind of really took all that over. And the Islanders, uh, well, the, let's see, the, the Avs had 46 shots on goal while the Islanders only had 26, but it really didn't seem like 26 no. for them. I, I, you know, Georgiev, he got worked a little bit, but not as much as Sorokin. Like the Avalanche threw 46 shots on net, and a lot of them, I'm going to bring up Money Puck, um, see how many like medium and high danger chances they had because they were they were – they were giving them fits. Yep. It wasn't like they were just throwing shots from right inside the blue line or outside of the perimeter. They were, but they were, like you said, they were there to to kind of, you know, uh, collect rebounds as best they could. But the Islanders do a good job of shutting that down. Um, but the, the Avs had, had shooting lanes all night long. Like, I, I thought they played a really th- – their power play, which they only had two power plays – I thought looked great mm-hmm. that just resulted in nothing. Um, and, and, you know, a- after that, fr- I think all the penalties were in the first period. No, there was two in the second period. Okay. So the two, the, I thought the two that the avalanche had were all in the, in the first, but the two, the avalanche had were in the second and then the refs just swallowed the whistles. Yep. They were just like, you know, you guys, whoever can beat a goalie here, you know, go for it. Uh, so much so that even Kale McCarr said, no, don't call that penalty, and they didn't. We'll talk about that weird. in a minute. That was weird. But, um, yeah, I, I just thought the Avalanche just were, were everywhere. They were they were swarming, um, getting shots on net, trying to just muck it up in front of Sorokin, and you have to give him a ton of credit for not letting anything in. And the Avs were attacking in so many different ways. They were attacking from – what we've kind of grown accustomed to in the past couple of games where they gain that offensive zone transition and they fire something and then go clean it up. Nothing was happening there. You saw a lot of passing. Um, there was a couple of times where the five on five looked like there was a power play for the abs with the way the passing was there and the defense was having to cower and try and find their man. Mm. The abs are doing a very good job with their passing. And then there was one sure. sequence, I think it was in the second period, where the abs were setting plays up in Gretzky's office behind the net. And I haven't seen that in a while where they were resetting the play behind the net and then passing it out to the dots and then passing around. And at that moment, it's one of those, you're just like how we were raving about the 3d power play earlier in the season. When you can have that confidence in your ability with the line combinations you have out there where you feel confident enough to set plays up behind the opposing goalie 
Mm-hmm. That's I loved getting to see that little wrinkle that they were trying. And it shows that they didn't get frustrated with the amount of shots they were putting on net and nothing going in. You saw that they weren't just like, why is none of this working? This yeah. is what we always do. Yeah. Let's, let's try and mix it up. And that was very refreshing to me. Yeah, at some point you don't have to be like – you don't have to get frustrated. You can get frustrated if you're not getting shots on net. Yeah. Be like, why can't we crack this defense? We were doing that all night long. Yeah. So you don't get angry about that. You just be like, we just have to keep pressing and just try to get something past him. Um, all right, this is this is according to, to Money Puck. So the abs with the 46 shots on net, unblocked shot attempts, 66. Low danger shot attempts, 40. Medium danger, 18. And high danger, 8. That's a lot of yeah. high danger chances. You don't get like high danger chances in, in a game. You maybe get like two or three or four. Let's see how what Georgiev have uh, against him. He Yeah, he had four high danger chances against him. That's kind of the norm. Eight is a lot. Yeah. Now, here's the other part. The expected goals for the Avalanche, where'd it go? Uh, 5.7. When you have that many expected goals and you only have one, that goalie is on a tear. Yeah. And, and th- that You never see a discrepancy like that, ever. If they had 5.7 expected goals, they should have had way more than one. I'm not going to say five or six, but you probably should have three or four. Um, that's just Sorokin just taking this game. And does it, is it surprising me that they that it had to go to a shootout? No, because he was not going to let anything in regulation by him. And Georgiev did what he had to do. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't pressed as much as Sorokin was. But, you know, hey, uh, uh, a shootout or excuse me, a shutout in, in an NHL game doesn't matter how pressed you are or not. It's still an achievement. Um, it was just one of those things that, like, one of these guys is going to have to lose. Yeah. And and for, for Islanders fans, they're probably like I, – I feel like Islanders fans must be feeling like their offense let them down because it kind of just went away as the yeah. game was going on. You didn't feel – I mean, you never feel in a 0-0 game that you got it in hand and you're like, any just – just you know, un- unlucky or puck luck that goes the way of the Islanders could get a goal for them, but they just were not pressing the issue like the Avalanche were. Like we were just saying, the Avalanche was throwing everything there, trying to get traffic in front of the net, and the Islanders were just happy to get the puck out of the zone, bring it into their own zone, and maybe just flick something up. It was just it was weird to see how they it was a zero zero game. And one team was just forcing the issue in the avalanche while the other team was just, we'll hang on. And if we get something lucky, maybe that's, you know, that's all we can ask for right now. It was just weird to see that towards the end. And this, and to be a, a, a fly on the wall for Lockdown Islanders right now, like to have a goalie put up that kind of performance and it go down to a shootout, like it was 0 0 the whole way through, like, just to analyze the game, knowing if we could have just trickled one in, it would have been right. a completely different story because you're you don't get performances like that out of your goalie all the time. And for no. that opportunity, I wouldn't say wasted, but for it not to come away with two points, it has to be frustrating for the Islanders. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of get into individual players and uh, definitely a sound check that we have to get to for this one. Uh, but first, we have BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball, even Kyle's up on the college basketball right now. Who's your college basketball team? Uh, I'm an Auburn guy. I've been, oh, okay, because I knew you were Auburn for, for college football, yeah. but I didn't know if that it held true for, for Everything. basketball. Yeah. And then who are you rooting for for the football final four? You, I'll go to I mean, the U. Okay, I thought that's right. You did say, okay. Yeah. Even though you know I'm a Michigan man, you're going to go against uh, nothing your, against your you. Here. All right. Uh, if you love sports podcasts and who does not, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net, and it's where the game starts. All right, so let's. Uh, I, I think we should start with maybe the bad news, and obviously, you know, Curtis McDermott came back, but we did have an injury. It was Andrew Cogliano going hard into the boards. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say this is our bad news. Curtis McDermott came back. Curtis McDermott came back. Next uh, segment. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Andrew Cogliano towards the end of the game. It, it, it was. A combination he was he was getting checked and his his skate kind of picked and he goes hard into the board and it's definitely a shoulder uh, and it was one of those things like he just skated right off went right down the tunnel and whenever that happens you're like yeah that's never good um, I'm getting updates now that just says that um, they did ask Jared Bednar in the press conference he doesn't have any information right now. We'll see how it goes tomorrow for him. So maybe one of those things where uh, it looked like, you know, when you separate a shoulder, one guy, you know, it just hangs lower. Yep. Um, it was something like that. So we'll just have to see. And it's just the hockey gods giving us something back and then taking another one. So I, I and Cagliano is, is an important part of this team. They all are. Yeah. Um, so you just hope it's not anything that's long-term, obviously. Yeah, you hope it's something he goes in there, you know, he does the little elbow trick and kind of like puts his shoulder yeah. back in. He's perfectly fine. But no, yeah, that's the whole situation the Avalanche have had all year. You get one player back, one gets taken away. It's like a, a terrible, like evil genie. Like you wish for a million dollars, you get a million doll hairs. <laughs> um, so we'll have to wait for that tomorrow. But um, as far as kind of like uh, individual players and stats for this game, you know, we talked about the shots on goal. Avalanche did lose the faceoff percentage, but at least they're not getting blown out. And I feel like it's improved a little bit. So yeah. they did lose that 55% to 45%. We talked about the power plays. The Islanders only had that one power play in the first. Uh, the Avalanche with the two power plays, neither team scored on any of their power plays. Um, hits were about even uh, 25 to 24 in favor of the Avalanche. So it, yeah, it, it was a, I want to say an even game. It wasn't even in terms of offense, mm -hmm. but it was just a, a I thought, a, a hard-fought game on both sides. And individually for the Avalanche, um, I felt like Cal McCarr was just everywhere. Like, that's what you've been wanting to see from him um, with all of, you know, a couple of weeks ago when you had 
the laundry list of players out. Now you're getting some guys back, and that helps him. I know that's a lot of weight on his shoulders when you have as many important players out as the Avalanche did. It's a lot to ask of him because now guys can clue in on him a lot more than they could before. Uh, but when you get Evan Rodriguez back and Val Nachuskin and even Curtis McDermott back, yeah. um, it kind of opened things up for him a little bit more, and you saw him everywhere. 31 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time for Kale McCarr. That's crazy. Um, and nothing to show for it as far as stats, but but that doesn't matter to me. Like he he was he was a difference maker, I thought. Um, and then you know, if you want to stay with the bigs, Miko Rantanen, another one who has nothing to show for it on the stat sheet. Nobody does really, except for Evan Rodriguez. Uh, but 10 shots on goal, which surprisingly enough, they showed it on on uh, altitude when he had nine. That was a career high. Yeah. I thought at some point in his career he could have he should have had at least nine shots on goal. Well, he also probably had Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon taking a bunch of those too. Right. Yeah. So um go for it. Who who are kind of like standouts for you? I have two super shiny standouts and something that stood out to me when I was going over the post-game stats that shocked me. Mm-hmm. New hook and JT Comfer. Yeah. Thank you for showing up. You guys, I, I, you are everywhere. This is exactly what I wanted from game one, but I'm glad we're getting it now. And this is, I love, especially JT. I'm loving this version of JT Confer. I like to see him score, of course, mm-hmm. but you see everything he's putting together. It's right there. You've already seen New Hook. He had performance, I think it was in the Nashville game. I think he's potted that second goal, I believe it was. But Everything's positive from those two. Yeah. While you have the stats in front of you, why don't you tell me Jacob McDonald's minutes? It was nothing. It was a, a minute and 36 seconds. So 60, 60 minutes of hockey for all those keeping score at home. More than that, 65. Yeah, 65 <laughs> plus uh, shootout. But yeah, that's and and your dad, you know, Cogliano went out. Yeah. Which was in the third. I don't remember the exact time frame, but there was still a good chunk of time in the third when he went out. Um, and you basically didn't say you didn't turn to McDonald and be like, okay, we just need you for a couple shifts to finish this game. You didn't put him in for that. Yeah. I don't think he played in the second and the third. I think I will, that entire I, thing was in the first period. He maybe he got a shift in the second, but he didn't play at all. I have no idea what's going on there. Like McDermott, I think he had close to four minutes. Which yeah, I guess still think about that yeah you you have curtis mcdermott coming back who everybody is excited for for some reason like he's gonna like turn the tide for the i mean he he gives you he gives you you know the the muscle sure but very little and other than that and and the line for that the fourth line was mcdermott centering well you know yeah, it showed him centering. He's not going to be a center. He did take a face off, though. I don't know if you noticed that. He did, I take did. A face off, which was hilarious to see. I thought um, I was about to relapse into the flu again. <laughs> I had fevers and chills. And... Yeah. So that third line was him. Um, it was McDonald and and Cow and Cow and Cow played seven minutes, which is kind of more in line with a fourth liner. But if you're not playing McDermott. If you're not playing McDonald and then Cogliano goes out with an injury, playing three lines mm-hmm. for majority of the game. 
That's abs hockey, baby. <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of a risk, but uh, what else? I don't know. Uh, it, it, you knew you knew that line was going to be kind of blown up a little bit because McDermott is not going to center. So you knew guys were going to be double shifting, whether it yeah. was going to be um, Comfort or Ranton, and those guys were going to be double shifting, and, and it kind of showed. I'm I'm baffled, confused, perplexed, even um, why McDonald has fallen in favor on the team i don't know yeah it's it's uh, it's that would be the the better use of words in that situation but i i I haven't really seen i don't know if it's an attitude thing i wonder if he's also part of the comments of like quitting and giving up in certain situations i don't know what's going on so i want to talk about that um so why don't well i I will, I, there's things that Bednar said, uh, not specifically about McDonald, but just players in general, about mm-hmm. the guys that went down to the AHL. Um, but quickly, like, and then before we get to our soundtrack, you mentioned like JT Comfer. I thought, yeah, I thought he's he's continuing to play solid. He had that really good chance in overtime. Yeah, um, that I think Rodriguez threw to him. And the pass was just – he just had to – he got it. He collected the puck. He stretched out as much as he can stretch out to get the puck with his stick. And and he just – he airmailed it. Yeah. Um, but he had a really good opportunity to end it. And so did Kale McCarr right at the buzzer in overtime. Yeah. Um, a beautiful pass for Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen was just – when you get into that zone he was in elite. any sport, in any sport, when you get like it, when basketball players, like you know, Jordan did it all the time. Oh yeah, where you can just you know, you know when you just throw it up in the air, it's going in. Um, you get into that state of flow, um, and you're just any move you make, you're getting by guys. You know, you're not making any mistakes. Miko was feeling it last yeah. night, feeling it, and and you know he obviously didn't have any points, but that pass that he sent to. Macar right at the end of the overtime period is just like I can do whatever I want and you guys can't stop me right now. Well, yep. one guy can stop me, and that's your goaltender. Um, and the other guy that I want to mention, Ben Myers. Yes, yes thought yes, Ben yes, Myers yes. looked great, yep. and and just another example of a guy getting comfortable, getting minutes. How many? How many did he have? Twelve minutes and thirteen seconds. Okay. I, I know, I, and it was noticeable. It was noticeable. So I, I thought he looked good too. Yep. And you could, when you're, when the sum of your parts are not having like bad games or steps back, mm-hmm. it, this is the kind of confidence you build on. You could feel it like you never felt out of it at any point during that game last night. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So, all right, let's get to our sound check. And then, uh, yeah, some, some things that, Jared Bednar said that kind of made my yeah my ears perk up. Um, all right, so our uh, Lockdown Avalanche soundcheck. You can check these songs. That we, Con and I pick songs that we feel best summarize uh, the most recent game and add them to a playlist over on Spotify, which you can follow. Just search LOA soundcheck. This is volume number two. Follow that. Volume one is still available if you want to follow that as well. Certified um, gold at this point. Uh, I think so. I think I think we're going for a Grammy. None of the songs are ours, but we're getting the Grammy. Uh, all right. What do you got for this one? This one, it hit me when I saw the lineup. 
and I saw our fourth line center. And then just the tone of the game. If you're telling me we're putting in 46 shots and then we have to take it to a shootout, um, Black Label Society, Demise of Sanity. It's <laughs> it's it's a weird adjustment. Like if you're if you're kind of a snowbird and kind of joining the Avs kind of mid-season, you since the cup run where we dominated and outshot everybody and we score goals on, I mean, we could beat Olympic teams. Right now, it, it's we're struggling to put goals in the net and struggling to put things together. Like you're having to find new ways to win, and it's kind of shaking that confidence you have in your persona of the Avalanche. Like mm. it's the demise of sanity. You have to kind of put it together and reestablish yourself. Um, you know who was tied for second shots on goal. Uh, Mika Rantanen had 10. That was the most. Two guys had six. Care to guess who they were? Sam Girard and Kale McCarr. Sam Girard and Devon Taves. Ooh. Yeah. Sammy G was getting pucks in the net. Yeah, he, he looked he good, was. too. And, and that's another good. thing we're going to talk about with uh, Jared Bednar in a second. But for me, I can't believe I have to be the one to pick the Metallica song for this. Ooh. I, I mean... Can you, can you guess which one it is? Creeping Death? No. How many goals were scored? Ooh. Yes, please. That's it. I mean, you, you yes, have please. to. You have to. So uh, pretty cut and dry for me. Uh, Kyle's usually a Metallica head. But I oh, I, had, I thought you were going to take that one. and uh, I almost picked Creeping Death because it, that's what it felt like. Just like the the constant shots, like nothing going in. It was just it, like that, yeah, that yeah, feeling yeah. that it was coming. No, so uh, it's one. Very nice. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. So uh, go check those out over on Spotify. Yeah, that music video freaked me out when I was like nine years old. It's, it's one of the. I I can remember that video just being played over and over again, and it never got old. Oh, that's when MTV was good. Yeah, there was a time MTV was good. Believe it or not, for all you youngins, there, there used to be music videos. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually stands for music television. Believe it or not. Um, all right, so yeah, there were some movements with Avalanche uh roster players. You know, the one that really stuck out to me was uh Jean Luc Foodie, mm-hmm. who they sent back down. And I don't have the, the quote in front of me, but Jared Bednar made a comment about we're not in right now, we're not in the business of how should I say it, like uh producing player you know getting the production of players or getting getting their their skill set like basically learning on the job yeah he's like we're not in that business like we need wins we're not yeah. here to hold their hand and let them learn on the job um if they're not producing we'll send them down and he was like i don't we don't have a problem with that that that's kind of comes with the gig we send them back down we let them know what they got to work on with the expectation that they can come back up at a later date um and he's been saying that a lot mm-hmm. about and, and it's almost like this new like ruthless like Jared Bednar. And maybe he's always been this way, but he's a little bit more vocal about it right now. And maybe he has to be because there's all these injuries that the Avalanche have. And I was a little bit surprised that they sent Foodie down. And, and I think he was talking about him specifically saying, you know, there's times where you're going to have a, a bad shift or a bad period or even a bad game. And you have to, 
You have to overcome that. And I don't think he was happy with how he played um, during the Buffalo game. And yeah, if, if it, things aren't going your way, he still wants to see effort from you. Try to battle through it. Try to get through it. And I feel like he didn't see that. And I was I was just a little bit shocked that if that was the case for Foodie, that was the the one and only game where he was like that. So the least what leash was short with him to send him back down. And the same can be said for easily can be said for Jacob McDonald. Yeah, to play a minute and a half. Uh, the writing is on the wall. The, the minute that the Avalanche gets somebody back, or who knows if they get somebody, they might bring somebody back up tomorrow and send Jacob McDonald down. You can't have that guy on the roster if you're only going to play him a minute and a half in a, in a game. You can't do that. So I would expect something tomorrow where McDonald is, is sent down, or I don't know if he – because he, he was on waivers once early, and I think enough time has passed where he would have to go through waivers again um to get sent back down but i don't think anybody's going to claim him if they do have to put him on waivers it would be shocking to me if they didn't because why are you keeping a guy on your team where you're only going to play him a minute and a half and another guy in curtis mcdermott that's really going to play four minutes that's taxing on these lines you can't keep doing that and you know i kind of i'm a hundred percent on board with what bednar's philosophy is and the way he's saying that about we're not here to develop your talent. No, you're the Colorado Avalanche. You're not here to develop your talent. Like, right? I get that. It's that's what the Eagles are for, and that's the world Bednar knows, and it's where he came from because he knows the AHL is meant for developing. You you find your you refine your craft there because you know not everybody's going to have that Kale McCarr like come right out of college and boom, yeah. you're with the big club. You know you're not getting called up. You're not – I hit 60 days with the AHL. Now I get to make my step up and spend 20 days. No, you have maybe a two- to three-game window to show yourself. And if you don't, the end. That's how it goes for a lot of AHL talent. If you're not coming up there equipped and ready to go, don't just think because the team's hurt, this is your way of buying it, buying an extended stay in Denver – you have to you have to you have to step it up a little bit because you sure. also don't want to be the reason for a step back because this is the NHL this is a job um they mm-hmm. must win games you're the defending Stanley Cup champion you can't bring up somebody and then it hurt and you lose the game because of like when England was taking out goalies left and right um <laughs> Because that reflects bad on scouts, management, coaching. They take the fall for it, and that player just goes back to Loveland and disappears for a year and a half until somebody else gets injured. You're right. But I just found it interesting. Like You're, you're sending Foodie down, mm-hmm. who's played well. And if, yeah, if you didn't like how he played in, in one game, is that enough to send him down? Um and your answer to that is to play a guy a minute and a half. Could you not have kept Foodie up and just, you know, had a conversation with? Sure, you can be unhappy with how he played, but I think that what he's done since he's been up here, the good far exceeds the bad, and that's growing pains. And I know that's not what Jared Bednar wants to go through, but if he, I mean, did you really feel like that Foodie was going to do that again? Did you feel like like he was going to have like bad like then then you could send him back down? 
But to have that one game where you're like, nah, I didn't like what you did there. We're going to send you down. And then the guy who's we're going to keep up, we're only going to play a minute and a half. Just makes no sense to me. I, I think it, w- it helps when it comes to the progression to send him down in that moment, like right on the heels of a bad game. Because if he has that bad game, let's say he played last night against the Islanders and he came close to getting an assist or close to getting a goal. And then we send him down. What what what's the message we're trying to send to Foodie? Like, what are you trying to improve on? Because hey, I, I don't know why I got sitting down. I've made a step up. Like, don't they see that? If it's yeah. I feel like the message is easier to understand for Foodie and his progression, knowing that hey, I had this bad game. You, you you see what happened here, here, here. When you go down to Loveland, work on this, 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 and when you come back up, you'll be equipped. It's I think it helps him understand exactly what they're asking out of him because if he's making these improvements on his own and making little steps but still not showing up on the score sheet if you send it back down he's just like well the roster's full i i'm fine with what i have in my tool bag it's enough for right now and and they could you know they did they did that with um martin cow they asked him mm-hmm. you know what where i don't even know what the question was but the, the, he he said they were very honest with me on when last time they sent me down, what they wanted me to work on. And I've done that since I've been there and now I'm back. And, and then we, we try to implement it. Um, and I thought he looked okay. I didn't think he was, was, you know, spectacular, but um, he was in on a couple plays. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just thought it was a, a an odd move that you're going to send. A, they sent a couple. I, I think, was it Houdon? I think Houdon was the other guy that they said. Yeah, Houdon. Yeah. Bleed? No, Bleed's been down. It, it was Foodie. It I, thought, was Foodie. I thought Bleed was up on one of those games. No, no. So, I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised if uh, there's not a move yeah. for Jacob McDonald. Unless you have a sit-down with him and let him work it out. But why are you letting him work it out on the NHL level and not someone like Foodie? I get what you're saying. About you know he has more time to mature down in the AHL and and the things that he could work on and implement you, you could see some progress in the in the AHL um, if it was someone for like Foodie but I, I don't know I just thought he played well enough to to warrant um, giving him another opportunity especially if you didn't like the way that he played that's gonna happen uh maybe it's a bit deeper than than we know maybe I, you know he's a kid he's a kid still so maybe. And- that's all I was just about to say. You didn't anticipate, like, if this team was fully healthy, you wouldn't see Foodie this year. There is also... No, you wouldn't, right. There's there's also that risk you run of giving so much opportunity that it does hurt your development, that you feel like what you have is enough, and sometimes it's sure. not. You have to also understand that, so yep. who knows? We'll see when Foodie comes up again, because guess what? The eyes will get hurt again. Yeah. Um... All right, so we'll wrap it up for today, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow because the Avs made a trade that we didn't even talk about because uh, a, a game happened. So we got to we'll quit back getting to- sick. Yeah, I know, right? So uh, <laughs> Dryden Hunt's on the move. They trade for Dennis Mulgan, uh, who a lot of people think is uh, Evgeny Mulgan's, like uh, Mulgan's <laughs> younger brother. No, yeah, I mean, I crossed my eyes. And that's exactly <laughs> who that is. <laughs> And we have his giant lumbering uh, forward on our hands, right? No. Yep. Quite the opposite. Uh, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. And then if there's any moves that happen, I'm anticipating it with uh, 
the time on ice that a couple of players that the Avalanche had, maybe not McDermott, but I, I'm going to be watching to see if anything's happening with, with Jacob McDonald. So yep. uh, we shall see. Um, all right. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. We will be back tomorrow, like you said, with anything uh, new that's happening. We'll talk about that trade. Um, minor as it is, it's still uh, something that we want to talk about. All right. Abs win this thing one to nothing in a shootout. Thank you for tuning in. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. And this is the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. See you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.